Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, a very pleasant good morning to you. Welcome back. Hope you enjoyed Dr. Massey. He's always fun. And likewise, always fun and informative is our next guest. He's here on the third Monday of the month at 11.30 Central is Dr. Ray Pete. He's been a nutritional counselor counselor very long time a phd from the university of oregon specialization in physiology and uh, he wrote his dissertation in 72 he outlined uh, his ideas on progesterone and the hormones closely related to it his main thesis is that energy and structure are independent at every level energy and structure are independent at every level that's a mouthful, Dr. Pete. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah. Uh, uh, interdependent. Interdependent. Ah. Yeah, yeah. It's interdependent. With, so tell us what that means. I, I, I think St. George was one of the first people to point that out, that uh, with his studies of the rabbit heart, for example, uh, there's a thing called the staircase effect where... Uh, if you accelerate the stimulation of the heart, uh, each beat gets bigger, so a tracing of it rises like a, a stair step. Uh, uh, and uh, he explains that uh, the structure uh, that governs the contraction builds up sort of the, the way uh, if your uh, heart doesn't get a lot of blood to fill it very quickly, uh, then it uh, has a very weak beat uh, and uh, fails to make that uh, staircase uh, uh, effect as it accelerates. That's typical of shock. Uh, And in the normal heart, if you need more blood, uh, your heart will accelerate. But besides accelerating, each pump gets bigger because more blood is returning quickly to fill it. And in the healthy, normal state, progesterone is essential for being able to build up that structure that allows it to beat harder rather than just faster. So the anti-shock effect on your heart is a characteristic of progesterone. And it's very similar to the effects of DHEA and digitalis or digitoxin, Hmm. the the cardiac glycoside. So in a way, progesterone is our natural cardiac glycoside that uh, allows us to build the structure that uh, performs the strong beat. Uh, And under the influence of estrogen, uh, like shock, the heart can't build the structure and so when you stimulate it faster, it just has a weak, weaker beat, if anything, as it goes faster. So it's uh, uh, possibly even a negative staircase uh, under, under the influence of estrogen, which is preventing the building of structure in the tissue under the influence of energy expense. So that would be um, more like anxiety would be a faster heart 
rate, but it's weaker. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's weaker. Uh, Anxiety borders on the shock state to some degree, like panic. Mm, panic attack. Is that then estrogenic? High estrogen causes that, and why? It's a whole range of physiological things that are mm. analogous to estrogen. Mm. Lactic acid is the characteristic thing in panic attacks. And the estrogen uh, anti-staircase action or pro-shock action involves the substitution of uh, lactic acid for carbon dioxide Uh, and uh, so Hmm. carbon dioxide helps you to relax and restore your structures that uh, guarantee performance that's why breathing into a bag or not over breathing Mm-hmm. helps with the uh, anxiety or panic attacks, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. And if you practice something like swimming as far as you can underwater, uh, that gradually builds up the effect of uh, retaining more carbon dioxide and having less anxiety. Mm-hmm. So anxiety is tied, though, with... Uh, it could be, as you say, a multitude of factors to be the causative for anxiety or fast heart rate or something, thinking that motions and could all be tied in together with even high estrogen, dietary-wise? Oh, most often it is. Hmm. Yeah, low thyroid, high estrogen. Hmm. Low thyroid, high estrogen. Wow. So that's why when people are manipulating their little thyroid meds, they can feel it. Mm-hmm. If they got too much or too little. Wow. Interesting. Um, we were talking about it before. You've actually experimented with getting carbon dioxide and putting it in your bathtub and laying in there? Uh, um, a big plastic bag will do. Really? Uh, but if you don't have a lot of breeze in your bathroom, uh, then you can plug the drains with tape. Right and uh, fill it up and carefully get in, you can test the level of carbon dioxide by having a a candle uh, uh, that you, or or just striking a match, uh, so you can see exactly where the surface of the carbon dioxide is. Isn't it? So you could actually take a candle, move it down the tub, and as soon as the candle goes out, you know that's where the carbon dioxide level is. Uh, Yeah, Uh, and... Uh, for uh, more than 100 years, uh, people have described uh, the effect. For example, uh, one source said sitting in a tub of CO2 for uh, an hour or so is like a day at the beach for feeling rejuvenated. Is that right? And have you done this before? Oh, yeah. Do you do, you do it often? or? Uh, um, it's not very convenient to sit around uh, in a plastic bag. Uh, but uh, sometimes we watch TV uh, while sitting in these giant bags. So you could actually, you've made a bag, so you put the carbon dioxide in a bag? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you empty a big bag and then put the CO2, <laughs> bag, put, a, put a hose in the bag and fill it up so there's no air there, all pure CO2, and then carefully get in the bag without tipping the top and spilling the gas. So why doesn't the CO2 must then 
be heavy. And so that's why it stays where you put it. Yeah, yeah much heavier than ever. Much heavier than Have you done it in the bathtub as well? Mm-hmm. And it's just more user-friendly to do with a bag rather than a bathtub. So, uh, uh, yeah, because if there's a breeze, uh, oh. you lose the CO2 fairly quickly. Any kind of a breeze, wow. So it's not that heavy. I mean, heavy uh, enough uh, to withstand a breeze, right? Uh, uh, yeah, the, the, uh, like if there's a crack in the window, uh, a little movement of air will cause turbulence and uh, takes about 10 minutes to empty a tub. Whoa, so you really have to be careful. And where do you get this CO2? Where do you get it? Uh, a welder shop. Hmm. Uh, a tank that is possible to move uh, very heavy, but uh, a tank about two feet tall holds 10 kilograms of it, uh, and you can get oh several dozen bags full out of that. Wow, so if you just get a two-foot-tall CO2, you can get... You can get a, uh, yeah. quite a few bags full in that. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it's something you can, if you're fairly strong, you can carry it from your car to, to the house. Sure. But, uh, yeah. How much does it weigh about? Any idea? Uh, the metal tank uh, probably weighs oh, 30 pounds in itself, and so uh, with 10 kilos of uh, gas. In 50 it, pounds, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, and the alternative would be the huge things that you need a, a hand cart to Yeah, to you, move. Could, you could get a dolly and get it from your car. To your, wow, that's pretty interesting. So this bag, where do you get that? Is that a, like a, just a big trash bag? That'll do. Uh, uh, sometimes you can find one that reaches all the way to your neck. Huh. But ar- armpits is good enough. Oh, so if you just get as high as you can. Do mm-hmm. do they have you ever seen where somebody actually makes these bags that you could purchase and you know? I, I don't know who sells them, but uh, uh, we got some, for example, from a florist supply wholesaler uh, that specializes in uh, plastic wraps and such. But uh, I'm not sure where a reliable source is. I'll be. I bet you somebody could find one of them. I bet somebody makes one of those. You think? I mean. Oh, oh, sure. Uh, There are people uh, working on fairly elaborate things like a a suit you can put on. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Wow. That's fascinating. I, uh, a couple years ago, we talked to a fellow and he kind of talked me into uh, getting an oxygen tank and filling up a big, huge plastic thing, right? Mm -hmm. And And then you put on a mask and then you breathe oxygen while you exercise. But... I, I kind of got rid of it pretty soon. I sent it back. It didn't feel right. Uh, it, it that's not hurt, a good idea, right? Uh, yeah, it can hurt your lungs to breathe high concentration oxygen. Wow. Uh, and a, a few hospitals make a carbon dioxide oxygen mixture called carbogen that was proven to be the proper way to resuscitate people and, and to maintain people with uh, uh, breathing problems. But in 1955, a, a British government committee declared that uh, when you're suffocating, uh, uh, 
adding carbon dioxide is the last thing you want to do, but in fact, it's, it's essential for delivering oxygen to the tissues to have a certain amount of CO2 present. And so pure oxygen is just about the worst thing you can do it. Wow. First harms the lungs and then the brain. So when they put people on oxygen at the hospital, that's other than the very best thing for them. It's kind of the rule for something with a stroke. The reasoning is that like hyperventilating, lowers your CO2, uh, and in effect, you're making the stroke patient hyperventilate by giving them oxygen without CO2, and that shrinks, constricts the brain and blood vessels and reduces circulation to the brain. Not good. (laughs) That that is not at all good for the brain, but their reasoning is that uh, injury to the brain causes edema that causes uh, increased pressure uh, with all the problems. So they want to shrink the delivery of blood to the brain hmm. by getting CO2. It just isn't uh, scientifically based. But it's like 99% of the hospitals in the U.S. still refuse to use carbogen. Carbogen. So 99% of the hospitals, they don't. they refuse to use it or don't know about it, one or the other. Uh, uh, yeah, up until 1955, it was used everywhere practically. Wow. Uh, then this ignorant declaration of the British Medical Committee uh, uh, spread around the world, and uh, hospitals swallowed it without evidence. Uh, uh, now there's a couple of groups in the U.S. showing that carbogen protects the lungs, heals the lungs, wow. protects the brain, uh, all the organs, uh, safely delivers oxygen to them, uh, reduces edema. Uh, CO2, one of its uh, obvious effects is to reduce edema. Uh, if, for example, you injure your, your, your hand or your lower leg, uh, you can put it in a, a small plastic bag of, of CO2, and in about an hour, uh, you get pain relief and uh, the elimination of, of the swelling and edema. Fascinating. So up until 55, carbogen was routinely used in the, in the, you know, when they went to the hospital, and then this British medical thing came out, and then they just changed it. They just stopped doing it. 55. Right. Wow. Right. Wow. Man. Uh, 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 there, there were several changes around uh, 1960 where uh, uh, something that hospitals had been doing right uh, uh, seemed uh, illogical, and, and someone uh, said, uh, no, that that's going to hurt the patient rather than uh, healing them mm-hmm. as, as had been observed. Uh, for example... Uh, brain injury causes uh, brain swelling and it was found that uh, uh, quite a lot of extra urea added to to their system either orally or in the bloodstream uh, resolved uh, the brain edema 
and someone conceptualized that as an osmotic effect, uh, and and so they counted the number of molecules in a gram of urea, and or previously isotonic salt solution, normal for the body fluids, had been used with an added urea. So by number, it seemed to be hyper-osmotic, and so people doing their arithmetic, but not their science, I thought that adding, using distilled water with the proper concentration of, of urea was proper not to use saline solution. And since urea is not an osmotically active molecule the way salt is, what it amounted to was giving an intravenous solution of distilled water and that breaks your red blood cells and interrupts the delivery of oxygen. So after one one or a few people miscalculated, didn't use the facts about urea, that convinced people that urea was going to cause breakdown of your red blood cells, and that stopped it's used for brain swelling. But it and, could be used if it was used properly. Uh, yeah, and it was used for heart failure patients, for example, <laughs> and kept a failing heart working for years and years just taking it orally wow. because of the anti-edema effect. Could that be an argument why some people uh, advocate uh, urine therapy, drinking some of your own pee in the uh, morning? Yeah, I'm sure that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the uh, part part of the misconception of what urea is uh, is the concept of uh, uh, uremic poisoning, where your kidneys are failing because they call it uremic. Uh, they uh, th- think u- u- urea might be the cause of uremia, but, it's not. Uh, but in fact, it's counterbalancing. The toxic effect, uh, uh, intestinal toxins formed from breaking down foods, especially breaking down serotonin, Uh, it's intestinal toxins that accumulate in uremia and poison the kidneys. But the urea is an anti-edema, anti inflammatory substance. Hmm. How could that idea of urine therapy, just from your perspective, um, there's a lot of people that do it. I've, I've drunk it pretty every morning for 20 years. I, I don't know why. Just Why, why, why does it work? Why, why, I mean, not, the kidneys aren't putting out waste material? Uh, oh, sure, they do. Uh, but the, uh, they, they use... Um, healthy cows sometimes for the uh, source of the urea. Uh, I, I think that's better than having a sick person uh, uh, drink their urine because the, right. a sick person is going to have the toxins from the, the intestine. Because when you're sick, you're trying to discharge toxins. Uh, uh, yeah, right. the, yeah the, the liver detoxifies them and it, it leaves through the kidneys. As you probably know, 
all of these porta potties around the world, they sell this urine. You know. Really? <laughs> oh yeah, they sell it. I think it's Sandoz, S-A-N-D-O-Z. They sell it. A Swiss company. Mm. They sell it. They clean it up and they they put it in um, most um, face creams, right? Most face creams and cosmetics for women and all that. Guys too. Uh, oh, all has well, uh, urine here, uh, doesn't it? Uh, the, the bulk of, of urea on the market is uh, chemically produced. Is, is it? Wow. Yeah, just ammonia and carbon dioxide. Uh, combined to make urea, uh, and that's one of the functions of CO2 in the body is to combine with the toxic ammonia uh, and eliminate it as the safe urea. It's eliminated as a safe urea. Wow. That's what carbon dioxide does. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it detoxifies the ammonia. And then the CO2 can be retained with um, things like buteco breathing and yeah, yeah. Just not over-breathing, right? And retaining more mm-hmm. COT, right? Mm-hmm. Oh. I'm going to try that. I'm going to call around with some welding shops, and they'll, they'll sell you or rent you the whole the whole tank and everything. You just go pick it up? Uh, yep. Uh, you take the empty one in, and they give you a full one for cost about $20. Well, you so. probably have to buy the first one, to buy the first tank. Uh, 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 yeah, that's a good idea to spend $60 or whatever for... Uh, having a tank of your own. A 10 kilo? You would get 10 kilo? Uh, yeah. I, I think they often charge about $2 a kilogram. I think. Somebody wrote in and said, would a cadaver bag work for a CO2 bath? <laughs> I, I think so. Uh, uh, experimenters at high altitudes uh, had, uh, I think it was like a cadaver bag that zipped up and made a, a fairly tight seal. That they would put them in the bag with oxygen hmm. uh, at the high altitude, uh, and the oxygen they thought was curing their altitude sickness. But being in a closed bag, uh, they quickly filled up the bag with CO2 as they consumed oxygen. So someone just put some CO2 in a bag and found that it cured mountain sickness. Uh, after that, uh, lots of people uh, going skiing at a high altitude <laughs> would take a little hand-sized tank of CO2 with them and take a whiff when they started feeling altitude sick. Rather than oxygen. Rather than oxygen. Mm-hmm. It's the main therapeutic thing that prevents lung edema. Isn't that fascinating? That's am- that's that's amazing. The whole hospital thing is just, to me, just, wow, wow. Is it any wonder that once you go to the hospital, so many people just have a hard time getting out of there? Is it any wonder? Uh, uh, Yeah, they're ruled by uh, formulas that they don't understand how to apply in many cases. Mm -hmm. It's really pretty unusual when you find someone in the hospital who reasons properly rather than by road formula mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, here's an email oh this uh, from George Patrick talks about in the molecular hydrogen institute they use uh, hydrogen that he breathes for stroke patients does Dr. Pete know why that would be the case it's, it's anti-inflammatory 
That's that's its number one thing, right? Anti-inflammatory. Mm-hmm. So a stroke is an inflammation process. Uh, yeah, immediately uh, when there's some injury to the brain, uh, uh, edema starts setting in and spreading uh, the influence from the injured cells to healthy cells, uh, and it can spread clot formation uh, as well as inflammation. Wow. It's important to uh, catch it quickly uh, after a stroke uh, using things like CO2 and and aspirin and progesterone. And progesterone. So that's why, back to uh, this progesterone idea, that's why you created a little product. I think it's Progestease, and you just mm-hmm. recommend a little dab of that every day, correct? Uh, uh, yeah, when a person is... Uh, under some kind of stress, like aging, uh, or if they've been uh, unable to uh, control their own estrogen uh, levels, combination of thyroid and, and progesterone will uh, tend to correct the estrogen excess. The estrogen excess. Could that be similar to what this show, what's that, how do you say it, strophanthesis that Dr. Cowan talks about? It's this climbing ivy out of, uh, I think, Brazil for heart. Do you know the function oh, of that? Uh, uh, yeah, that, that's... Uh, what do they call that? What's the name of that? Uh, uh, something, it's a plant, strophanthin. Yeah, strophanthin, uh, right, the plant. Uh, and it's similar to uh, digitalis and progesterone in their effect. Mm, similar kind of an idea, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Here's an email. What are the details of carbon dioxide therapy? Where is the best place to buy or rent a CO2 tank? Does it take more than a regular bathtub plug to keep the CO2 from leaking? So we covered a lot of that. Um, you say you could just you would just tape up the the drain, right? Uh, you, uh, yeah. If you think you're going to stay in the tub for a long time and want to really save it. Uh, I, I will uh, usually put a, a layer of tin foil over hmm. the drains and then uh, tape that down. Uh, it won't go at all through the tin foil, but it will slowly go through uh, tape. Kind of sneaky. But uh, you're, I hear you saying that the bag idea could be um, easier to work with. and uh, uh, yeah, yeah, a lot easier. Yeah. So we just got to find a bag that may be up to your neck or something and and just make sure it doesn't leak out. What keeps it from leaking out? Just a tape? Keeping, just keeping the opening of the bag yeah. higher than the, the bulk of the bag. Oh, so it works the same way. It's just not going to It's just not gonna run out of there, right? Uh, uh, yeah. Hmm. Uh, some people put a bungee cord around the, <laughs> the top of the bag to uh, tighten it. And how long do you sit in there? An hour, typically. Mm-hmm. And then you uh, just let it go after that, huh? After, just, uh, yeah. yeah, when you... Uh, are doing it just on one arm, for example, uh, in 30 minutes to an hour, uh, that arm becomes pink. Uh, wow. And will keep its pinkness relative to the rest of your body uh, for a few hours uh, because uh, all of the tissue becomes so saturated with CO2 uh, that it uh, remains for quite a while after you stop putting it in through the skin. But... Is this more than just an hour symptomatic thing, feel good and benefits? Is this CO2 going deep in there and helping long term? Oh, oh, uh, uh, 
uh, uh, yeah, the, the uh, uh, there's fairly recent research in Japan uh, using it to treat create uh, uh, to treat cancer uh, of the mouth or places where wow. you can uh, deliver the gas uh, and. Uh, a, a very old book written, hmm. I think, uh, 1905, gives a history uh, up until then of using it to treat various diseases, in, including uh, cancer, or they can apply it, uh, for example, to the uterus or, or to the breast or, or any place that's accessible to uh, uh, flooding it uh, with CO2. Uh, and uh, for uh, almost 200 years, uh, people have been uh, uh, recognizing that uh, natural carbon dioxide springs, for example, are therapeutic. Uh, and uh, Priestley, the uh, oxygen uh, discoverer, uh, uh, w was interested in the therapeutic effects of these uh, naturally carbonated springs. And so he was working on carbonating water as a therapy. Hmm. Uh, 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 that was uh, 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 very influential in uh, actually started the practice of carbonating water. Uh, first, it was for uh, uh, medicine, uh, but then it, people liked the flavor of it, and so they kept doing it for uh, just a pleasant drink. So, in general, is carbonated water pretty good to drink? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah? Uh, it, uh, hmm. If you take it gradually, uh, so you don't burp it all out, right. uh, uh, the, uh, it gets in your cells and acidifies a stressed cell. Huh. Uh, under stress, the inside of a cell uh, becomes relatively alkaline, where it should be slightly acidic. Uh, and replenishing the CO2 restores the natural uh, uh, acidity of uh, all of your cells. Uh, and you can do that with baking soda. Uh, same thing, you have to do it uh, in stages. Uh, like uh, one person uh, treated his cancer for years with, uh, I think it was two ounces of baking soda during the day, uh, uh, divided up. And like uh, uh, three or four tablespoons in a glass of water during the day, uh, and in your body, the uh, absorbed baking soda bicarbonate, uh, the uh, CO2 is quickly, uh, the sodium is quickly eliminated by the kidneys, uh, and that lets the bicarbonate equilibrate with the cells, if they're under stress, it turns into CO2 and acidifies the cell, for example, the cancer cell or the stressed cell. So that is why, uh, who was the fellow, Dr. Pete, Simoncini in Italy, and he was using baking soda to oh, go, in, yeah, could go in and get go after cancer cells, right? He, uh, uh, yeah, it actually works, <laughs> and wow. he was helping lots of people, but he was uh, strangely, uh, uh, saying that cancer is just a fungus, uh, and uh, uh, that did, did, didn't go over uh, well with this <laughs> establishment. Uh, and so they watched him closely 
he had lots of people he was treating, uh, and when one of them died of their cancer, uh, he was arrested and imprisoned. Uh, if you did that with every person treating cancer, you'd have hundreds of American doctors wow. in prison. They put him in prison, Dr. P? Uh, uh, yep. Yeah, we interviewed him years ago. He's, it's still on our website somewhere, the show, if you'd like to look it up, Simoncini, and we called him in Italy, and uh, interesting fellow. Is, is, do you know, is he still in prison, or do you ever get out? Uh, yeah. No, I, he was sentenced to five years, but I don't know how much he actually served. Uh, then uh, a second patient died, uh, and uh, uh, they took away his license. Uh, probably be a good interview now, right, to see what's going on with it. Oh, it would. Yeah, I'll check him out, see if I can find him again. Dr. Pete, stay right there. Ray Pete, Patrick Timpone, One Radio. <laughs> Boy, what a what a strange world we're living in, huh? How many people must die of cancer? And they blame it. If you'd like to get Dr. Pete's newsletter, it's a great one. Uh, not, not very expensive at all. It's very in, inexpensive. Comes out every other month, and it's Ray Pete's newsletter. Ray Pete's, plural, newsletter at gmail.com Ray Pete's newsletter at gmail.com We have this little guy on sale right now and uh, um, Ray Pete's on the 800 line so just to use email if you'd like to give him a question Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com One of the very first things I do in the morning is come sit at my meditation chair and that's when I take my dual extracted mushrooms from Sir Thrival, the chaga and the reishi. Both of these mushrooms are immunomodulators. If you had too strong of an immune system, like autoimmunity, it'll help to down-regulate and calm the immune system. If you have too weak of an immune system, like an immunodeficiency, they help to upregulate or strengthen your immune system. So whatever you're dealing with, they help to bring your immune system to balance. In addition to being immunomodulators and adaptogens, Chaga is probably best known for its extremely high ORAC value or antioxidant content. It scavenges the body of free radicals. And Reishi has a long history being used in conjunction with meditation and for reaching higher states of consciousness. And that's why I like to take these right before my meditation. There's a lot of medicinal mushroom supplements on the market to choose from, but most are made with cheaply produced mushrooms grown on grain and either ground up and put in capsules or extracted in non-organic alcohol. Sir Thrival does it differently. We use wild harvested chaga and organic certified wood-grown reishi fruit bodies, not the mycelial extract. And then we use an organic alcohol and a hot water extraction method and then recombine so you get the full benefits of these extremely high quality mushrooms. Boy, these are uh, really, really great uh, products. And uh, it's a wonderful little sale we got going on right now. If you like uh, to take advantage of 15% off code is promo code is 4515 4515 4515 and that is 15% off on all the Shaga and the Rishi and uh, we're going to tell you just a little bit more about it because it's a great sale Daniel Vitalis talks about his two premier medicinal mushroom products Shaga and Rishi 
because reishi and chaga are considered not just adaptogens, but they're also considered immunomodulators, they're safe for daily consumption for a lifetime. There's a lot of herbs, as you know, Patrick, a lot of herbs are not that way. So many medicinal herbs are, are meant to be used for short periods of time. But there are those few that can be used daily forever in medicinal mushrooms are that way. So these would be called a tonic, tonic Yep, herbs. they're essentially tonic, but if we wanted to get even more specific, they're adaptogenic. I feel like we've set a new standard, and it's going to... We raise the bar, but, uh, but check it out. See where the bar has been risen to. You can learn more about these great medicinal mushroom products on Daniel's site. Tonic herbs, adaptogens, dual extraction, fruit bodies... And they're tonics and can be used every day. Modulates the immune system. Shaga and Rishi, special Myron Glass from Sir Thrival on OneRadioNetwork.com. And you can be assured these are the real thing, the fruited bodies like we say. And uh, Daniel goes to great lengths to make sure you're going to really get the mojo, you know what I mean, That uh, uh, from these. And uh, there's a lot of products out there uh, vying for your dollars. So... Uh, give it a give it a a shot. I think you'll un- like it. Uh, get one of each and uh, see what you think. Fifteen percent off right now. Code is Fortify fifteen. Fifteen percent off from any survival links. We believe by experience and the literature to back it up that distilled water bubbled with hydrogen is a very good way to go. George Wiseman is an authority on hydrogen. Ninety eight percent of my fluid intake of all beverages has been distilled water that's been bubbled with the Browns gas. I am now younger uh, biologically than I was back then. This is why I'm saying that a lot of what happens with spring water, for example, is you get not only you might get the hydrogen, but you'll get minerals that are not necessarily bioavailable. A lot of places has excess calcium, for example. It ends up with calcium deposits in the body because you're getting too much calcium, even if it is bioavailable. Now that I've been inhaling the hydrogen, I find that I get my major nutrition, which is the hydrogen, calorie-free, so I was able to lose a few extra pounds. Mm-hmm. The cells won't regenerate. You won't have stem cells and that sort of thing uh-huh. if you haven't got enough hydrogen. Your cells have a certain life, and, and they're shutting down. If they're not getting their hydrogen, they're literally dehydrating. That's where the word comes yeah. from. Dehydrate. Oh, go figure. Dehydration. <laughs> oh, which is dehydrogen. Exactly. Whoa. Maybe you'd like to eat a little less food and stay hydrated. We know how important hydration is. It's like key. The AquaQ machine bubbles hydrogen gas in your water and also breathe it in your body. 10% off. Now, I'm going to interrupt you, Patrick, because we have 20% off. I think you're going to like this technology. I've had it for a couple of years. I breathe it often throughout the day as I work on my screenwriting downstairs. I can do my exercises and lift weights or uh, chin-ups or hang or... Uh, jump on the trampoline, my little rebounder, breathe the hydrogen, and then I've been bubbling the water a lot more since we had George on last week. And I have to tell you, uh, you can feel, you know, I, I just fell off the wagon as far as drinking the water, but you can feel the hydration effects. Uh, something just really good about it, especially about 30 minutes before you eat uh, for digestion. I can, I'm just digesting my, I guess it's just helping the Stomach acid thing to do its thing. I'm not sure. That's what George said. Check it out. Uh, promo code One Radio for twenty percent off. Twenty percent off right now on the Aquacure Browns Gas Hydrogen Machine. Um, he thinks he has one of the best ones at the market because he has safety features that not too many of them have. 
or hardly any of them have. And hydrogen is a very uh, volatile, uh, not volatile, that's not a good word, but it's very powerful gas. I mean, they can do hydrogen buses and hydrogen bombs for that matter. So it's a, it's a very prolific molecule on both sides of the periodic table, but uh, you gotta be careful with it, and that's why George's machines are very safe. And I'm very confident that I use it. Uh, and he has all the, the different safety features. If you get it low or high, it just turns off. So it's pretty cool. Uh, hydrogen Browns Gas, promo code 1RADIO for 20% off right now on, on the front page of OneRadioNetwork.com. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, we have the honor of talking with Dr. Ray Pete every third Wednesday. Dr. Pete, thank you so much for coming on the show. We, we, we deeply appreciate your time. Thank you. Uh, okay. I, I wanted to mention that the newsletter has changed to uh, quarterly instead of ah, okay. bimonthly. So uh, now there are four uh, issues instead of six per year. But the subscription uh, can still be for 12 issues. Now it uh, takes three years oh. uh, to get 12 issues. And, and what is the subscription cost? Uh, pretty close to what it was. I, 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 I'm not sure because we have just changed, but uh, it's something like uh, uh, $30, $30 probably oh, that's for great. 12 issues. <laughs> that's perfect. God love you. That's great. And it's just, and that's correct, right? Ray Pete's newsletter at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, somebody sent me this, uh, our Lynn, who takes our notes, 2018. He received a Simoncini, a five-year jail sentence, culpable manslaughter of cancer patient. Wow. And then in 18, um, that's what, got two, oh, and his assistant radiologist, Roberto Gandini, got two years in jail, both were found guilty of, of manslaughter. That's really something, huh? Well, so let's see if I can get my mouse to work here, Doc. Let's see if we can go to some some emails. Okay. Oh, I wanted to mention this and, and get your take on it. Adam Bergstrom, uh, who's a big fan of yours, and, and uh, he kind of got turned on to orange juice from you long ago, and he's on our show regularly. He lives out in California. He said that that the orange juice thing just kind of cures his edema. Just, it just went away. What's up with that? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, orange juice uh, is one of the most available and uh, uh, pleasant to use uh, sources of the flavonoids. Uh, coffee uh, and purple grape juice uh, are other good sources, but for, for quantity use, uh, uh, orange juice contains a great variety of the anti-inflammatory hmm. flavonoids. Hmm. So the flavonoids, but and coffee actually has it as well. Uh, uh, yeah, quercetin is a major uh, flavonoid, but there's several minor ones in coffee. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really, really something. And orange juice uh, tastes uh, great. Uh, I mean, holy cow, right? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, did you ever hear of uh, Johanna Brandt's 
uh, Grape Cure. She wrote a little book I did. about yeah. six years ago. Uh, and uh, the purple grapes uh, are uh, an extremely good source of, uh, of the flavonoids. Mm-hmm. And people actually did. Didn't they call it the Grape Cure, cure Doc or something uh, like that? Uh, yeah, but uh, some of the institutionalized places charged horrible uh, amounts and gave them watered-down uh, grape juice. Uh, they <laughs> essentially were putting them on a semi-fast uh, and collecting their money. Yeah, I guess you now these days you can get organic grape juice. The, even Welsh's has an organic variety these days. And hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 or orange juice for daily use is uh, uh, for, for drinking a quantity of it uh, it's more pleasant for a lot of people sure here's an email uh, for Dr. Pete from Phil he's in London Dr. Pete you recommended button mushrooms on one of Patrick's shows what are your thoughts on other mushrooms like shiitake or oyster mushrooms oh oysters are my favorite oyster mushrooms are good aren't they yeah Shiitakes? Um, I don't think I've uh, uh, enjoyed them. I think I tried them once. Uh, but uh, if they taste good uh, and are well cooked, uh, I think they're yeah. all going to have some benefits. And so most mushrooms, if they're well cooked, are, are beneficial for us? Uh, yeah. Most mushrooms. Mm. Uh-huh. Uh, can you please ask Dr. Pete this? Um, let's see. Oh, white blood cell count in the blood could be the cause of, and I, she'd like to increase the white blood cell count. Uh, it, it's usually a sign of stress ah. or, or infection, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but in an extreme depleted condition, I suppose you're... Uh, uh, you, you can actually have too few white blood cells, but uh, uh, general nutrition and uh, anti-inflammatory conditions uh, tend to normalize either high or low white blood cells. Here's an email from Lily. She has what's been diagnosed as dysmenorrhea, D-Y-S-M-E-N-O-R-R-H-E. She's 45, and uh, she, she uh, vomits, have the shakes, sweats, and severe menstrual cramping. And this has been going on for a long time. No gynecologist understands it. They all say, I produce too much progesterone. Is this true cause of it? They put me on a pill when I was 25. I was on the pill for over 10 years. have been off the pill since 18, but every month I eat Advil like it's candy want to have normal menstrual periods and get off the ibuprofen. Any ideas Dr. Pete has? Wow. Um, I, I think actually aspirin is uh, in the long run safer than ibuprofen, uh, although anything anti-inflammatory helps. Mm-hmm. But uh, hypothyroidism is the main cause for dysmenorrhea, uh, leading to high estrogen uh, and relatively low progesterone uh, and prolonged bleeding. Uh, I've known women who have been hemorrhaging for uh, uh, three weeks or longer, uh, very heavy bleeding, 
uh, who were able to turn off uh, the uh, menorrhea uh, uh, just with uh, frequent doses of uh, T3, triiodothyronine. Uh, they quickly active thyroid, uh, and uh, it's uh, fairly well recognized that it goes with uh, high prolactin, high estrogen, uh, and low thyroid and low uh, progesterone. So, Lily, you're, you're suggesting she look at her thyroid carefully, make sure uh, uh, yeah. her TSH is like 0.5 or below. Uh, yeah, and checking body temperature and pulse rate. Mm-hmm. And for a woman her age, she's 45, good pulse rate would be in the neighborhood of? It should be uh, in the 70s when waking up and then during uh, normal daily activity uh, in the 80s. Different for guys? Uh, what was that? Different for men? Oh, oh, not not very different, but women have smaller hearts generally and uh, so slightly faster pulse. Mm-hmm. Dr. Pete, do you know of any bad effects from taking Cascara Sagrada? What are the best? What are the benefits? Thank you. Uh, if it hasn't been properly aged, it causes overstimulation, irritation, cramping, uh, 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 con- considerable pain. But when it's very well aged and is uh, darker than chocolate, uh, uh, appro- approaching. Uh, the uh, oh dark roast coffee color. Wow. Uh, then it doesn't have that uh, uh, stimulating cramping effect. Uh, what it does is reduce inflammation and increase the flow of water uh, through the intestine uh, uh, to uh, soften the stool or, or prevent uh, over dehydration of the stool. Oh. And uh, the FDA, <clears throat> several years ago, took it off the market as a laxative. Uh, at that time, uh, the uh, uh, pharmaceutical industry was investigating it, discovering that uh, its main uh, active ingredient, Emodin, <laughs> uh, was very promising as a cancer treatment. But the FDA used the excuse of calling it a, a possible carcinogen to take it off the market because they wanted to promote a pharmaceutical uh, huh. uh, uh, they thought a better equivalent except it turned out that uh, the maximum safe uh, so-called safe use period was uh, only five or six months and at the end of that time uh, they said then you have to find some other laxative but they had taken Cascara off the market, so the real alternative didn't exist. And it turned out that very quickly they took this new laxative proprietary chemical off the market because it was causing death of the colon. Death of the colon? Yeah. It reduced the blood supply to the colon by increasing serotonin, the serotonin was causing uh, increased spastic-type stimulation that that would force the the bowel to move for a while, but then it was creating chronic irritation and and, uh, 
deprivation of oxygen to the intestine, so they had to have their colons removed. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Now, but, so, I I suspect then if one is a good researcher, they could find a cascara sagrada that is well-aged. You just have to figure it, find it, right? Uh, uh, Yeah, Uh, and uh, the whole uh, ploy, calling it a potential carcinogen, uh, really was motivated by the urge to sell something that turned out to be really deadly. Wow, wow. Now, something like Cascara Sagrada, or some people use, well, let's just do that one. Would would one be at risk to become totally dependent on that, or would it just be used now and then? Or uh, uh, Yeah, while using it to uh, uh, prevent uh, all of the constipation symptoms mm-hmm. and reduce inflammation, mm-hmm. uh, then you can uh, figure out uh, what uh, is wrong with the foods that you're eating uh, that are causing the inflammation uh, and constipation. I see. So you use it as a medicine and not something you take every day. Uh, uh, yeah, although people have taken it every day for decades. Really? Uh, and uh, the, the first argument uh, was that, uh, uh, that there might be something wrong with it because chronic laxative users uh, had brown pigmented colons. But do, doing the study properly, it turns out that constipation uh, and irritation cause the pigmented colon. Uh, and a proper hmm. use of the laxatives would be uh, reducing the, the irritation and formation of the brown pigment. But that was just part of the, uh, basically the pharmaceutical FDA campaign against natural substances. My goodness. So in your opinion, after all these years, what would be like the number one cause behind constipation, which is kind of like an epidemic in our culture? Um, slow digestion uh, makes every food a potential. Uh, uh, so it starts in the stomach, if you're not really digesting yeah. the food, right? And hypothyroidism is the main cause of, of a sluggish digestion. Low thyroid will cause the the, the acid to get gets messed up and you don't digest well? Yeah, slow down of all of the digestive uh, secretions and of peristalsis. And, and so simply adding a bulk fiber to your diet, if it isn't something that uh, can be uh, converted into gas by bacteria, if it's a really indigestible fiber, that will stimulate uh, the peristalsis that will eliminate estrogen and other hmm. uh, toxic irritants, uh, and that will uh, tend to increase thyroid function. Interesting. Because estrogen hmm. is a blocker of thyroid. Uh-huh. And what would be your your favorite um, kind of to take a supplemental fiber if you wanted to take one for our listeners? Uh, uh, for many years, uh, I was recommending a, a daily carrot. Hmm. Uh, especially grated mm-hmm. uh, with, with a little bit of vinegar and, uh, and uh, uh, salt and uh, olive oil. Hmm. But uh, it, that easily becomes uh, very tiresome. Uh, and so I looked around and found <laughs> that uh, bamboo shoots, bamboo shoots. Are, are 
uh, uh, very, you can put cheese sauce on them and uh, make them very uh, uh, early tasty dish. Uh, and mushrooms. Mushrooms. Uh, well-cooked mushrooms are another uh, funct- functional uh, bulk provider uh, with a, a slight antibiotic action. How do you find bamboo shoots? Is it Are they raw, like in produce, or at uh, uh, health, it, Japanese stores? Or the, uh, yeah, in some hmm. uh, or Asian stores, yeah. they, they will be available raw, but they have to be cooked. Sure. Uh, and you can buy them in huge cans at a good price. Uh, I, I've seen a, a can that in our Asian store sells for $2 and a half, I think 20 ounces or something like that. Uh, some places want to charge $25 for it. <laughs> but it should be a very cheap food. And you would just eat some of it uh, out of the can and then put it in the fridge and then eat the rest uh, of it? That kind uh, of thing? Yeah, uh, it's good, I think, to boil them a little mm-hmm. in case the can was leaching uh, chemicals. Hmm. What's that one kind of fiber that so many people take? And the name's escaping me right now. Uh, uh, pure cellulose. Yeah. Uh, there was a product sold for uh, weight loss and diet control. It was called AIDS, uh, which was basically uh, really uh, fairly pure cellulose. But with the appearance of the disease AIDS, uh, they, changed they yeah. had to either change their name or uh, uh, went out of business. What's your opinion of uh, you can get organic psyllium husks? What's that? Uh, they work for most people, but you have to be watchful if you really have an inflamed intestine. Uh, some people find that uh, the uh, a mass of uh, the husk, instead of holding water, the husk itself or the gel becomes dehydrated and mm. turns into a, a ropey material that makes the problem worse. Oh, so you got to be careful with that one. But you like the Cascara Sagrada because it, it holds the water. Uh, it causes the <laughs> intestine to secrete more water. <laughs> Here's an email from Rachel for Ray Pete on this uh, 21 February day. As we are live here, Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. We are going to have uh, Mike Stone on tomorrow. Mike Stone was recommended by Dr. Cowan. Mike Stone, is, 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 uh, his website is amazing, the work that he's done with the work in virology and uh, showing um, what this whole germ thing is about. So we're excited to have him on. Um, that'll be tomorrow at 10 o'clock. I recently started taking Progestee, writes Rachel. Could you please ask Dr. Pete if it is anabolic for females or if I should con- be concerned about losing muscle because of its effects on testosterone? Also, is it true that if the dose is too low, it reverts to becoming estrogen at a higher dose it's in- initially required? Hmm. I, I, no, in humans... It doesn't turn to estrogen. It, it does not. Uh, no, it, it, its uh, product c- can be uh, uh, glucocorticoids like cortisol uh, or aldosterone, but uh, since its effect is antagonistic to cortisol uh, and to aldosterone, uh, you can't uh, increase your uh, corticoid effect. 
by eating more progesterone. In fact, it's a partial antidote uh, to those uh, uh, and to the stress in general. Uh, And uh, uh, it antagonizes estrogen's ability to increase your cortisol and aldosterone. I see. Okay. And it's uh, anti-catabolic is the effect uh, the studies on animals have found. It is neither uh, pro-catabolic nor uh, pro-anabolic. Thyroid itself is muscle anabolic, but progesterone, uh, its action is mainly by preventing excessive action of estrogen and cortisol. And both of those are are, uh, antagonistic to good muscle development. But the progesterone is, is, if I hear you correctly, is neutral as far as muscles. Uh, uh, Yeah, as far as the animal studies Mm -hmm. find. Sure. Her second question is, does T3 increase histamine levels? Uh, No, it's, it's basically protective against all kinds of inflammation. I see. Okay. All kinds. Uh, uh, for, for example, overactive bladder uh, involves estrogen and mast cells producing histamine uh, and uh, combining aspirin and or antihistamine uh, with thyroid supplement uh, will take care of the overactive bladder. Again, a little aspirin and what? Uh, say it again. A little aspirin and what for overactive bladder? Oh, oh uh, antihistamines. Uh, antihistamines. Can you get a real good antihistamine um, over the counter, natural that you could use for that to get the bladder not so overactive? Uh, pretty much the FDA has taken care of all of the most useful <laughs> natural drugs, getting them off the market. Oh, so, <laughs> so bad imitations can come on from the yeah. pharmaceutical industry. You had mentioned a pharmaceutical one show an antihistamine that you like. Do you recall? Oh, a ciproheptadine. Yeah, ciproheptadine. That's pretty safe? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I've known people who uh, went up to 28 milligrams a day where the normal dose is 2 to 4. Wow. Uh, and uh, took that for a, a few weeks and uh, were cured from their, for example, uh, dysmenorrhea uh, and hemorrhaging uh, and uh, didn't need to keep taking it. Uh, But uh, uh, I suppose there's some extremely high dose that will, uh, for example, turn off your uh, uh, urinating ability. So uh, uh, kids who have taken a a gigantic overdose of ciproheptadine uh, uh, sometimes have to be uh, uh, catheterized to get the urine out. Wow. So, so is a ciproheptadine and aspirin um, totally symptomatic for an overactive bladder or will it help the uh, body uh, to get back normal? Uh, it gradually helps the body to, uh, it takes quite a while to eliminate the uh, mast cells that were attracted by the estrogen. But if you uh, cure the symptoms uh, for a while, uh, your thyroid 
and progesterone will uh, tend to back. prevent their, their activation. So that's the that's the initial cause of the overactive bladder, which many people have, is too high of estrogen. Uh, yeah, leading leading to a, a high concentration of mast cells. Mast cells. Wow. And too high estrogen. If I keep following this black hole, I'll keep going down this rabbit hole. Too high estrogen, the main cause? Uh, uh, yeah, it, it uh, attracts mast cells. Uh, progesterone inhibits them. And what causes the estrogen to be too high, generally? Uh, hypothyroidism. Hypo- back to thyroid again. Uh, it, yeah, and <laughs> the polyunsaturated the PUFAs, fatty yeah. acids have intrinsic estrogen effects in themselves uh, and also uh, block thyroid very specifically. Uh, and so the PUFA, uh, in at least two different ways, uh, increases the action of estrogen uh, while decreasing thyroid. Mm-hmm. Can you tell what the PUFA is? There, there must be some place online to tell the PUFA content of various oils. Oh, oh yeah, you can just uh, look up fatty acid fatty. Uh, 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 composition uh, of different foods. I see. And is any PUFA not just stay away from it or low or what's your t- uh, you know? Uh, uh, yeah, the, since the food oil industry. Uh, tried to uh, uh, convert uh, uh, the population to eating stuff that they had been selling for making paint uh, because of the petroleum innovation of uh, making paint more cheaply. Uh, The seed oil industry uh, dug up uh, uh, defunct science of George Burr, uh, whose uh, claim uh, that the proof of are essential fatty acids, that they revived that even after it had been uh, many times disproved, uh, uh, tw- 20 years after it was disproved, uh, they uh, convinced the public uh, that it, uh, the PUFA is an essential uh, nutrient. Uh, and uh, contrary to uh, all of the evidence uh, since the 1930s, uh, uh, they have convince the public that uh, PUFA is is a nutrient uh, rather than a hormone disruptor. And it just isn't. It's a hormone disruptor. Mm -hmm. And again, so if if I'm clear, any PUFA you just stay away from, even low, low on some oils? Low? Uh, uh, Yeah, small amounts you can handle unless you're overeating in general. I see. Uh, And when you overeat in general, uh, PUFA tends to be the part that gets stored hmm. to gradually increase your body proof of content. I see. Hi, Patrick. Would you ask Dr. Pete uh, what is the cure for, let me spell it for you, U-R-T-I-C-A-R-I-A and, and geodema. I am struggling with it for a couple of months now for the second time in the past six months. Uh, that's another thing involving concentrated mast cells uh, and activating them uh, for example low blood sugar will activate them uh, many irritants uh, but uh, the things that uh, cause a drop in blood sugar will activate the uh, mast cells that secrete histamine and serotonin and cause edema again these mast cells do the 
do their and, thing, right? <laughs> yeah, so antihistamines are, are the first uh, treatment. Mm-hmm. Could you please ask uh, Dr. Pete if he has any suggestions for eliminating cataracts that does not involve surgery? Uh, no, basically. Uh, uh, preventing them uh, in, involves things like uh, keeping your proof of intake low. But once they're formed, uh, the disappearance is very slow. Uh, uh, a few people I've known, uh, just by uh, changing their way of living, uh, who had uh, uh, beginning cataracts when they were uh, in their 60s, by their 70s, had no detectable cataracts. Uh, so uh, uh, very good living conditions can very slowly uh, cause them to fade away. I see. Uh, Rhonda wants to know, she says, I've been reading that taking a bath in 3% hydrogen peroxide and magnesium flakes is good pain relief remedy. Can you ask Dr. Pete if he knows if this would be a reasonable thing to do? Uh, uh, oh, it's very bad for your skin. To bad for the skin. Stay very long in contact with that concentration of hydrogen peroxide. I see. Not good. Uh, can Dr. Pete please discuss the pros and cons of using DMSO and also MMS, chlorine dioxide? Uh, uh, they uh, both have uh, potential uh, problems. Uh, the DMSO got uh, famous when it was used for uh, treating arthritis pain, uh, and it, it can activate the respiratory process uh, and help to eliminate uh, water from tissues. Uh, but uh, too, too much of the sulfur compounds can very easily uh, lead to uh, disturbance of your thyroid function. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is from Emily. I've been taking the sulfur that Patrick promotes, and I like it, but now I'm seven months pregnant. Can I still keep taking sulfur? This is just pure sulfur. What do you think, Doc? Uh, oh, I... Uh, flowers of sulfur. Uh, That's is, different, uh, right? That's different. Uh, yeah, it's a very safe thing to, to take. Uh, just a pinch of it, two or three hundred milligrams, uh, orally will uh, help to uh, suppress the uh, candida and other fungus development uh, w- without causing any noticeable change in the person. But the sulfur that she has, can you comment if this is okay if she's pregnant? I. I I told her I didn't know when I would ask you. She emailed me. Uh, that very small amount, uh, if you have a candida problem, it will uh, improve, clear, clear out the candida, uh, and then doesn't have to be used continuously. Uh, but it's very good and safe for uh, getting rid of the fungus. The fungus, but if she wants to take it ongoing, like a lot of people do for detoxification, that could be an issue with um, when you're pregnant, could it? It hasn't. There's no evidence I no. know of that it's harmful, but okay. I think it's best to minimize all kinds of treatments when you're pregnant. Yeah, to be careful. Here's something. I have a constant mucus, writes an emailer, one side of my throat. If I push my finger into my throat near the clavicle, and swallow it helps. I drink very little milk, and it makes it worse, even though 
It's from a local grass-fed cow. I eat a little cheese, eat a pretty clean diet. Do you have any ideas on how to clear this clogging feeling of the mucus? Uh, uh, sometimes <laughs> uh, sometimes a swollen thyroid gland oh. uh, causes all kinds of swallowing uh, discomfort and difficulty. So I, I would check, have a doctor check the, for, for any swelling of the gland and any elevation of TSH. Mm-hmm. Um, MK wants to know if Dr. Peake could talk about premenstrual dysmorphic disorder. Apparently it can happen to younger women in the luteal phase, L-U-T-E-A-L phase of the menstrual cycle. And uh, abnormal reaction to progesterone uh, was it the dysphoric or dysmorphic? Dysmorphic, dysmorphic. Uh, the the usual uh, thing is dysphoric, meaning uh, basically premenstrual syndrome. But uh, uh, the dysmorphic uh, thing that some women have is uh, misperceiving uh, the amount of fat uh, in their belly uh, and uh, uh, feeling that their their body shape isn't right, and so they. Uh, feel they have to diet uh, even when it isn't uh, objectively uh, abnormal. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody, Emmett wants to know the difference between pig thyroid or um, the prescription kind. Oh, most of the prescription kind has been historically from pigs, but the armor company used beef and or pork uh, thyroid, and they were both identical in function. Uh, but the standard thing that uh, American medicine has moved to is to say, don't take anything with T3 in it. Take only synthetic thyroxin. Uh, and that works fine for most young men, but uh, for very few women, it's uh, appropriate because the uh, estrogen blocks the ability to convert T4 to the active form of the hormone T3. So the thyroid that the conventional MD prescribes is okay? Uh, no, it's likely to be thyroxin. And so what kind could you get prescribed? What would you ask for? Uh, the last of the fairly reliable uh, desiccated thyroids is armor. Uh, by chance, you might come across uh, one of the uh, natural desiccated products that is well standardized, but it's a fairly random thing now. Wow. Uh, and uh, uh, th- there's only one well balanced product that I know of, Ceno Plus, which was a synthetic imitation of the old armor product. Uh, there are others containing. Uh, both T3 and T4, but uh, the the balance is uh, b- best in Ceno Plus. Novotural has it's a good product that has little uh, more T4 in relation to the T3. And the Ceno Plus. Mm-hmm. And you like a little more T4 than the T3. Uh, yeah, a good ratio is three or four to one uh, T4 to T3. And the Ceno Plus. Would that be the closest thing to a natural kind of piggy, a desiccated pig? Uh, uh, yeah, it's the closest thing to the traditional armor. Ah. And the Ceno Plus, if I recall, 
the only place you can get that um, can you get that in the United States or we have to go to uh, uh, Mexico? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mexican drugstores such as Farmacias Del Nino dot mm-hmm. MX. Mm-hmm. Farmacia Del Nino, you can get Ceno Plus. And mm-hmm. would that be the same kind of dosage as the the other similar? Uh, uh, the pills come in uh, potency that's a little more than two grains equivalent of armor. Okay. So it's good to start with one-eighth of a tablet, uh, which is a quarter grain. And just kind of work your way up, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. Teresa, can you get too much pres- progesterone, and what symptoms would you have? I'm supplementing with progesterone in a couple of different forms, progesty and a prescribed form. Uh, oh, the... In- Uh, Vitamin E, it actually gets in your bloodstream through the digestive system. Uh, And uh, too much of it uh, will put you to sleep. Hmm. Uh, And so it shouldn't be combined with uh, opiates, for example. Too much of the progesty? Uh, uh, Yeah, because it's a a sedative. Uh, The normal rise uh, during pregnancy should uh, become the anesthetic for childbirth. Uh, when progesterone is high enough in relation to estrogen, uh, delivery is without pain. Hmm. Uh, they used to call it the uh, chemical midwife. Interesting. Can you use progeste for sleep insomnia? Uh, oh, yes. Uh, I, I knew one woman who used a half a teaspoon of the progeste every night to go to sleep. Is that safe? Uh, I don't recommend it because it might make you uh, so, so drunk you you stumble on the way to the bathroom or something. <laughs> really, it gets you that kind of loopy, huh? Mm-hmm. But you could experiment with it and maybe help sleep? Uh, yeah, I accidentally overdosed, probably got close to 1,000 milligrams of progesterone. Whoa. And... Uh, uh, it was in a margarita by accident, <laughs> and uh, I first noticed that I couldn't tell where my hands were, and then I couldn't tell where my feet were unless I looked at them. <laughs> That's great. Uh, well, here's somebody wants to know about the long-term effects of ivermectin. Uh, it, it's safe if you follow the traditional anti-worm uh, doses of uh, just uh, a few milligrams on one or two days mm-hmm. uh, periodically, but it's definitely not something to take every day preventively. Mm-hmm. Rachel has recently added, well, another T3 to my Synthroid. My body shuts down conversion from T4 to T3 during synthetic ingestion. Should you still take T4 even if your liver is ineffective at converting to D3. Uh, The other tissues have some ability to do the conversion uh, if if that isn't blocked too by estrogen and PUFA. Uh, So uh, you do get some uh, effect even if your liver is malfunctioning. I see. Wow. Here's a a 68-year-old male, bicycle, no booze, good weight, having wild arrhythmias for the past few weeks. Wow. T3 
taking magnesium and bio BC complex. What can I do to get heartbeat back to normal without drugs? Uh, what is wrong with his heart rate? Uh, it's uh, arrhythmias. Arrhythmias. He's getting arrhythmias. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, the uh, uh, low progesterone, high estrogen is one of the things, like St. George showed. Uh, but uh, uh, low thyroid leading to high adrenaline is a very common cause. Uh, and uh, the clotting system tends to become overactive uh, with hypothyroidism. Hmm. Uh, and doctors are very afraid to uh, prescribe thyroid uh, for uh, various kinds of arrhythmia uh, because it can suddenly increase your adrenaline, which increases the clotting uh, system, uh, which uh, can lead to strokes and so on. Uh, so it's something that you have to correct very gradually with, uh, for, for example, increasing your orange juice and milk intake uh, uh, to stabilize things first. Orange juice and milk. Mm-hmm. Here's an interesting one I haven't heard. Phil, I've had eye bags, bags under my eyes for years. What's the original root cause of this? Hmm. Uh, oh, um, uh, stress and too much of fat in the diet, for example, uh, blocking thyroid function. Uh, uh, sometimes the uh, area around the eye is uh, pigmented brown uh, as well as uh, being puffy. Uh, and I've seen uh, both of those uh, uh, corrected in uh, just a matter of days by getting the right amount of uh, thyroid supplement. Oh, just puffy could be could be not enough thyroid or too much? Uh, uh, not enough. Not enough. <laughs> not enough. Uh, uh, let's see, one more, then we'll let you go to work here. Um, hi, Dr. Pete. What can a 50-year-old man do to keep his receding hair? Boy, if we had the pure answer for that, we'd be millionaires. So what do you think hair loss is the root cause, Doc? Root cause? Hair um, loss. Uh, the, the several things that... Uh, uh, starves the follicle for energy. Hmm. Uh, uh, not enough calcium and vitamin D in the diet increases your parathyroid hormone, uh, and that is closely connected to uh, underfunctioning of the follicle. Uh, but it also goes with blocking thyroid function, uh, and so there's a connection between uh, aging and blood lipids, hypothyroidism, low vitamin D. Uh, not any one thing that's going to correct it, but getting your whole metabolism uh, uh, at a higher level is a basic thing. Mm-hmm. And again, that's generally no uh, low thyroid. Uh, yeah. Low thyroid. And temperature first thing in the morning, how relevant is that for your thyroid function? Very important. Uh, uh, Broda Barnes Mm. books are, are worth reading really? for that. Uh, he was working before any uh, good blood test came on the market, uh, and he found that it was extremely reliable. And uh, what's your minimum temp you want to be to let you know you got good thyroid uh, function? First thing. to 98 degrees Fahrenheit when you wake up. 98. Uh, 97.8 to 98.2. Oh, so even 97.8, it's okay? 
Uh, yeah, for waking up after breakfast, it should go up above 98. And throughout the day, then, it wants to be above 98, somewhere around uh, there. Yeah, around 98.6. Mm. And that's a good indication. Uh, very good. And if you were taking too much, would that temperature get too high? Um, yeah, yeah. generally, it holds your uh, temperature around 99 degrees. Okay. Even, even when, when you're resting. Do any of these, have you ever seen any of these uh, little things where you put on your forehead? Are they accurate, do you think? No. no they're not? You got to do, put, put it in your mouth. That's the only way to go, huh? Or eardrum. Or eardrum. Oh, there's yeah. some There's some eardrum? Uh, yeah, the electronic IR infrared thermometers work on the in- eardrum. Electronic infra- uh, infrared. Infrared on the eardrum. And that'll... Mm-hmm. So you don't have to sit there and hold a thing in your mouth, huh? Uh, yeah, it's quicker. Quicker, yeah. Electronic infrared. Oh, i never heard of those guys. Well, Dr. Pete, we have another show under our belt. Thanks for uh, so much for being here. We've covered a lot of territory today. Appreciate your help, sir. Okay, thank yeah. you. You take care of yourself, all right? Very good. Thank mm-hmm. you. Bye-bye. Thanks. Dr. Bye. A. Pete, Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. What a nice guy, right? So grateful for him to come on the show once a month. And uh, we got a few more emails, but we generally only keep him an hour and a half. He's, that's the deal. So we did an hour and a half. All right. I love you all. Thank you for your ongoing support. Uh, probably a 90% chance that uh, Mike Stone is going to be here and talk about this whole germ thing. I got an email from him this morning. He says that they have some pretty bad weather up where he is. Not sure where he is. And... Um, he may have to take his son to school our son may be home and you have to take care of him so just stay tuned if it doesn't happen I'll just come on and we'll play uh, but you know we'll let the we'll let the snow angels take care of it and not concern ourselves with it but it should be a pretty fascinating show and if it wouldn't happen because of the weather well then we're gonna we're gonna make sure that uh, he comes on real soon Mike Stone then also Stuart Nenley I think one of the best biological dentists anywhere. So if you have a dental question, root canals, cavities, any kind of thing about your mouth, um, just email me, Patrick, at OneRadioNetwork.com. Dr. Stuart Nunley out of um, HealthySmilesForLife.com. You can look at his website. He's out of Marble Falls, Texas. He's going to be here Wednesday at 10 o'clock. So you get your questions in for him. And then one of our faves, guys in the world of finance, Richard Mayberry at 11 o'clock on Wednesday. So, thanks for your ongoing support. Uh, don't forget now we have the saunas. I'm sorry. Well, saunas every day sale, twelve ninety five. But the hydrogen machine, 20% off, promo code 1radio, if you'd like to get that. Repeat just said, hydrogen's an excellent antioxidant. We've been talking about that. And then also, the Shaga and the Rishi are on sale for the next uh, week or so, Survival use promo code FORTIFY15, F-O-R-T-I-F-Y-15. I'm going to get myself some, and they're fun to take. Really very uh, beneficial medicinal mushrooms. They're tonics, so you can take them every day. All right, love you all. We'll see you tomorrow. The creeks don't rise and the snow don't fall with Mike Stone, OneRadioNetwork.com. Thank you. Take care. May the blessings be. 
Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com.